Babakama Daf Yudal, the last thing we're discussing was if a bull damaged an area that belonged to both the damager and the one that was damaged, Rav Hasda said that if it belongs to both of them, if it's shin and regel, that means if he ate something that belongs to the one who was damaged, or if he trampled on stuff, he would be hayav. Rabil Azar said he would be patur on shin and regel, he would only be hayav on keren, if he gored. And with that, we're going to start... Yudalid Amud Aleph, six lines in at the end of the line, which says Ini. The Gemara is asking on Rabbi Lazar, who said if the area belongs to both of them, he'd be Patur on Shen and Regal. The Gemara says Ini, is it true that you'd be Patur? If the area belongs to both of them, it's courtyard that belongs to partners, or a hotel. If someone's animal uh, eats someone else's uh, fruits or if it tramples on someone else's things, he would be obligated to pay. It goes against Rabbi Lazar who said if it belongs to both of them, he'd be patur. So Rabbi Lazar said, Wait a second, you think that the, there's no Braita uh, that doesn't argue? Here's a Braita that argues. Rabbi Shimon Melazar would say four general rules when it comes to Nezakin. Number one, if the area belongs to the one who was damaged, not to the damager, he would be obligated to pay everything. The second rule is, if the area belongs to the damager, not to the one who was damaged, he's exempt from paying anything. Number three, if the area belongs to both of them, if it's like a courtyard that belongs to partners or it's like a valley, he's exempt if it ate this as someone else's fruits or if it trampled on something. However, if it gored, or if it pushed with this body, if it sat on something, if it kicked, all this is part of Karen. Um, Tam meshalim hatsin ezek. If it's if it's a tam, you only has to pay half. Muad meshalim ezek shalim. And if it's been forewarned three times already, then he has to pay uh, full uh, damages. Number four, lo lazev lo lazev. The area doesn't belong to both. Kegon hatsin sheno shal shneim. If it's a yard, doesn't belong to either. Hayav bo ala shen va ala regel. He's hayav on shen and regel. Full damages. Ala negi hava ala neshicha va ala negi fa va ala vitza va ala beita. On uh, goring, biting, on pushing, on sitting, on kicking, all these are part of Keren. Tam Mishalim Hatsi Nezek, Muad Mishalim Nezek Shalim. Tam has to pay half, and a Muad has to pay full damages. Now, bottom line, Katanemi Hat over there, it says in that rule number three, Hatsar Shutafin Vabika, Patura Ba Ala Shin, Ala Regil. It says in rule number three that if the yard belongs to both, if it's a valley or something like that, then if there's a shin or egel, if he ate someone else's fruits or he trampled on it, he would be exempt. And Rabbi Lazar says, I hold like that breita. I hold like rule number three in that breita. The problem is kashya ahadadeh. Now the, the, the breitot contradict one another. Meaning, uh, the one that Rav Yosef brought down, that if the yard belongs to partners, he'd be hayav on shin and regel. And then the one that Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar brought, it, it would be patur. So the Gemara explains. The one that says patur, ketanya, he, that's behatser miyuhaylet lezeh velezeh ben leperot ben nishvarim. The one that says patur, that yard belongs to both of them. They both have permission to put over their animals and to put fruits. So if uh, this one's animal ate that one's fruits, uh, listen, he has 100% permission to put his stuff over there, to put his animals there, and if it happened, it happened. 
Ha'hid Rav Yosef, the one that Rav Yosef wrote down, says he'd be hayav on shen regel. That's bechatzem yochad leperot. That's they both have permission to put fruit there. They're not yochad lishvarim, but they don't have permission to put their uh, ox over there. When it comes to shen, when it comes to eating someone else's fruit, it becomes the area of the one who is damaged, and therefore he has to pay full price. And the economy it makes sense to split it that way. The katane hacha because over here it says by Rav Yosef's brayta when it's hayav dumiyad de pundak it's like a hotel. No one has permission to bring their animals into a hotel. The katane atam in the brayta Rabbi Shimon Lazar where he's exempt from paying over there it says dumiyad de bika has to be like a valley. Valley everyone has permission to bring their stuff into the valley. Shmamina. So now Matkifla Rabbi Zira Rabbi Zira has a problem. We on we want to understand that when. The damager's animal damaged in an area that belongs to both of them in a, in a place where you only have permission to put your fruits, not animals. You'd be hayav on shin and regel. If you have permission to put your fruit there, but the rule is the, your animal has to uh, damage in someone else's property. Veleka, you don't have that because it's not 100% specifically his property. You have permission to be there also. So Amale Abayabai explains, no, since you have no permission to put your ox over there, then it's It's already considered a different person's field. And Amade Ravaha Medifti Ravina Ravaha from Difti told Ravina Lema Midematnita Loplige Amora Enami Loplige. Let's see, you know what? We figured out a way that the Braitot don't argue. We said one of them, you have permission to put in your ox and your your fruit, and the other one only your fruit, not your ox. Let's just say that Amoraim, Rav Hasdan, and Bilazar, who we started off saying that they argue, maybe they themselves also lopligeh. You could say Rav Hasdan's talking about a yard that belongs to both of them. They can both put their fruits there, but not their animals there. And Rabbi Lazar said, Patru, they have permission to both put their fruits and their animals over there. And Amar le in Arabina told him, yeah, you know, you have a good point. Yeah, actually, it makes sense to say that. The imtim salomar plige. If you want to say that they're arguing, uh, we could say bikushader bizira opifirukade abaye plige. You could always say that they're arguing in what bizira asked and what abaye answered. Rabizira said it has, it has to be uh, um, what do you call sadeh aher, not And Abaye said that uh, it, since you don't have permission to put your bulls there, and it's considered sadeh uh, aher, and you could say that Rav Hazar said hayav he holds like Abaye that uh, it's considered sadeh aher. You have no permission, and Rabbi Lazar holds like Rabizira in the question that it's not sadeh aher. You have permission to put there. It's your field. It's not considered sadeh aher. Gufa. Let's go back to that brayta with the four rules. Would say four rules in, in, in damages. Any area that belongs to the one who has been damaged, not to the damager, you are obligated to pay everything. It doesn't say you have to pay on everything. You have to, you have in, in, in everything. Meaning, you have to pay complete damages. So right away, the Gemara asks a question. Mani, who's the, who's the Tana of the Bratao holds that if a Tam animal gores in the, dam, the dam, damaged person's field, that he has to pay full damages? So the Gemara explains, Rabbi Tarfoni. It's Rabbi Tarfoni. Meshune Keren Nizak Nezek Shalem Meshalem. He held that, you know, the area of the person who's been damaged is different. That if uh, even a short time, if it gores over there, Karen, he would be uh, liable to pay full damages. 
The problem with that is emasefa. Look at the end, the, the second part of the Braita. Lola If the area doesn't belong to either, kegon hatzer sheenoshel shenhem. Yard doesn't belong to either. Hayav ba alashen vealaregal. Hayav even on shen regal. Even if it ate on uh, some uh, fruits that belong to the person who was damaged. Even if it trampled on it. My lola zeve lola zeve. What does that mean? If it's a yard, doesn't belong to neither. Let's say we're talking about it, it doesn't belong to the person who damaged or the uh, the one who was damaged. Rather, belongs to a third person. So let's say Ruven put his things in Shimon's uh, yard, and Levi's uh, cow came and ate it. You need that the animal of the one who damages. Has to damage in the person who has been damaged yard, and here you don't have that. You have Levi damaging Reuven in Shimon's yard. Ela peshita. Yeah, you have to explain the Braita that lola zeve lola ze means ela dehad. It belongs to only one of them, meaning not to both, rather it belongs to one. Vekatanese find it says tam shalem hatzin ezek umad shalem nezek shalem. That if it's a tam half muad full damages, and atan banan. And that goes according to Rabbanah, the Amrei Mishunek Keren Bahatsar Nizak, Hatsin Ezekulim Shalom. They hold that if, an, if a short time gored in the, the one who has been damaged the yard, he only has to pay half damages. The problem now is obvious that Resha Rabitrafon Sefar Rabbanan. So my answer is in. Yes, you could explain it like that. Deha Amale Shemuel Rav Yehuda. Shemuel actually told Rav Yehuda, Shinina, Shebok Matnitin Veta Abatrai. Leave the Mishnayot, they contradict one another, don't worry about it, come after me, and I'll just explain it like the way I do. It's, a, it's much more simple to explain things that way. Now, that's the Gemara's first option. He explains, The entire thing is a Bitarfon. So what do we mean that last clause when it says that it's a, it's a yard doesn't belong to either? Only one of them has permission to put his fruits there. However, they both have permission to put their ox over there. When it comes to shen, when a cow ate someone else's fruits, then it's hatzar anizak. It's the yard of the one who has been damaged. In regards to the gabe keren, if he gores, that already becomes reshut They both have permission to put their things there. And therefore... Uh, on damages with uh, with goring, you have to pay only half. It's like Rashi Tarabim, and if it's uh, and if he ate the other person's fruits, then he has to pay full damages. Now the Gemara says Ihachi. If that's the case, then Arba'a. When we said there's four rules, it's not four. It's Shiloshahab. It's actually three. Rule number four. We're splitting. We're splitting it between rule one and rule three. Meaning, if it doesn't belong to either, you could say. That in regards to Shen Varegel, it's like the area of the one who's, who's been damaged. And if it's Karen, uh, if it's been gored, then it, uh, it's as if it belongs to both of them. So it's really three rules, not four. So Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzhak, you're right, it's three general rules. However, in four different places. You have the area of the one who's been damaged. You have the area of the damager. You have an area that belongs to both. And in rule number three, we're explaining on Shen and Regal, he's patur. On Keren, if it's a Tam, you pay half. If it's Mu'ad, you pay full damages. And it's in four places. Because like Rabbi Shimon Azar explained, 
where you have permission to put the, the, the ox in or you have permission to only put fruits in. So again, it's uh, three uh, rules, four places. Next, Mishnah is talking in code, meaning it, it, it's hints. You have Shom Kesef, the appraisal of money, Shave Kesef, the equivalent of money, Bifne Betin, in front of Betin, Be'api Aidim Bene Horim, witnesses that are free, Bene Berit, Jewish, Vihanashim Bichlala Nezek, women are part of damages, Vanizak, Vamazik, Betashlumin, and the damager, and the one who has been damaged uh, in payments. Now, what do all these words mean? We're going to have to look in the Gemara. So the Gemara starts. My Shom Kesef. What are we talking about? We're talking about the appraisal of money. So Amar Yuda Shom Ze Lo Yeela Bechesef. When we appraise something in Betin, we appraise it with money. And the Gemara says Tanina Lehad Tanura Banan. Our Mishnah was was hinting to a Breita. The Brayta says, "Para shezika talit v'talit shezika para." You have a cow; it damaged, it stepped over a, a shirt, and then it slipped and it broke. They caused damage to one another. We don't say that the cow is going to be paid off from the talit, and then the the, the talit is going to pay from the cow. Meaning, the owner of the shirt cannot take the cow as payment, and the owner of the cow cannot take the shirt as payment. Rather, we appraise whatever it's worth. Okay, your damage was 50, your damage was 200. Okay, and okay, so you have to owe this one from 150. So, to clarify the case, we'd have to say, let's say a cow slipped on a shirt and they both damaged each other. The shirt's damage was equal up to 50, the cow's damage was equal to 200. We're not going to say, okay, take a piece of the shirt and give it. You give a piece of the cow and give it. No, it doesn't work that way. Rather, the owner of the shirt has to pay the owner of the cow 150 Next, we learned the Mishnah Shaveh Kesef, that the one who damages can pay the one who he damaged something equivalent of money. The Talmud Rabbanan Shaveh Kesef. What's the equivalent of money? When someone's not paying, when the damager ha- has not paid yet, betin could only take from land. It can take from movable objects. However, if the one who has been damaged came and grabbed onto some a movable object of the damager, betin govin lo mehen betin verifies that payment and we don't uh, force the one who has been damaged to return it now amar more the brayta said shaveh kesef melamed she'en betin iskakin el chasim she'esh lahen achrayut we're understanding from shaveh kesef that betin will only force the 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 damager to pay out of his land how do we understand that that shaveh kesef is talking about land so amar babar ula no, he understood Shaveh Kesef as something that is worth all money. Mainihu, what's worth all money? Something that there's no price gouging on. There's no taking advantage of someone on the price. Land is one of those things that there's no set price to land. You could charge whatever you want. And even if you overcharged, it, it still goes. But the Gemara says, yeah, but then why land? You know, we all know the rule that nami and lehen slaves and contracts also don't have uh, on'ah, you can't take advantage. 
if someone sold a slave or a, a contract for a lot less than what it's worth, meaning an IOU, let's say Ruven owes Shimon 50000 and uh, Shimon wants to sell that uh, that contract to Levi for 30000 There's no price gouging, there's no ona over there. So why saying only lend? So Ela Amara Baba what's Shavekesef? Davar Hanikne Bechesef. Anything bought with money, anything that you're able to buy with money. Now, movable objects, you you can only buy with a meshicha. You have to make a kinyan. You have to pick it up. You have to do a, something according to Midrabanan. So here we're talking about things that are only bought with money. But the Quran says about avadim But slaves and contracts also, all you need to do is just pay for it. So Ela Ravashe explains something totally else. Shave kesef velo kesef. He understood shave kesef is anything that can be used that's not money. So again, you could use money and anything that is not money. And here you have everything. You have avadim, shtarot, mitatirim. All these are kesef nino. They're all considered money, and you could uh, you could pay that back if you don't have any money. So now, Rami de Rav Yehuda bar Hanina de Rav Huna bered de Rav Yoshua. So Rav Yehuda asked a question to Rav Huna. Tana in the Brita we said before shaveh kesef melamet she'en betin is kakin elan chasim she'yesh lahen achayut. We see that betin does not take out money from the damager unless it's a real estate land with responsibility, real estate. But the problem is, we have a Brayta, it says Yashiv, the Pasuk says, Kesef Yashiv Ba'alav, the Rabot Shaveh Kesef, even the equivalent of money, Vafilu Subin, I could even give back bran. And the Gemara explains, Hachabe, my Askinan, Beyat Me, now what are we talking about? We're talking about Yetomim. We're talking about a situation where father damaged, father dies, he leaves uh, land to the children. So Betin will only take from Yetomim land, nothing else. The Gemara says, But if we're talking about Yetomim, Emasef, I'll look at the, the second part of the Brayta. It says, Im kadam nizak metal telin, If the one who damaged came and grabbed a movable object, Betin govino men, Betin okes, did they let him take from it? Now, Ibeatme, if we're talking about Yetomim, Am I Betin govino men? Why is Betin okaying that? So the Gemara explains, We're talking about a situation where he where he grabbed it while the father was still alive. Now, Rava said in the name of Rav Nachman, that was in a different case. So, but we will use the same din over here. That the the one who was damaged grabbed onto that movable object while the father was still alive. Then he died, and the betin just okay is it? They let him keep it. Now we said in the Mishnah, "Bifne betin." Betin could only take a land if he actually has it right now at the time where he shows up to Betin. So, we're coming to exclude a case where the damager damaged, then he sold his uh, property, then the, the one who was damaged went to Betin. The damager doesn't have anything that Betin can pull out if he doesn't have any land. But the Gemara doesn't like it because. If someone borrowed money, then sold all his properties, then he comes to Betin when he has no properties, and Betin doesn't take any land away from the, the the borrower. But that's not true. We all know the rule that the lender can go to the buyer and take that land out. Again, what do we explain? You can only take out money in an actual real Betin. We're not talking about a fake Betin. We're talking about Betin of experts. 
betin who have permission to judge uh, in fines and, and and all these different types of money laws. We're not talking about uh, three rabbis who don't have permission to judge uh, fi- uh, laws of fines. Next, the Mishnah said, Now, before I start, I just want to mention that in order for someone to be obligated to pay a fine, that's only if witnesses came to Betin, they testified about him uh, stealing an animal and slaughtering it, stealing an animal and selling it, or he was honest, this uh, girl, or he was mefate this girl, whatever, he would be hayav a fine. If the witnesses have to come, and that's how it has to be done in Betin. Prat We're coming to exclude a case where if a person walked into Betin and admitted that he stole this uh, animal and uh, and slaughtered it, and and he's not and he's hayav the four, times four times five. So if he admitted to it and then the witnesses came, shehu patur, he doesn't have to pay that fine. He only has to pay whatever he stole. So now, that works great according to the rabbi who holds that if you admitted before the witnesses came, you're exempt from paying. But according to the rabbi who holds that if someone uh, someone admitted to whatever he did before the witnesses came, he's still obligated to pay that fine. Then how is he going to explain the Mishnah? By the way, we're going to see on that line here that it's Shmuel who holds that if someone admitted in, in that whatever he did wrong and then witnesses came that he would he would still be obligated to pay the, the fine and Rav holds that he's exempt from paying the fine. So according to Shmuel, how is he going to explain the Mishnah? How does he explain the words al piyadim? So the Gemara explains, Sefait Strichaleh. He needs the words al piyadim for the second part of the Mishnah. It says bene horin u bene berit. So the way he explains the Mishnah is bene horim lemaute avadim. Meaning, when it says free men, we're saying that slaves cannot testify as witnesses. Bene berit, Jewish people, lemaute of the kochavim that goyim cannot testify. They cannot testify in regards to damages. Utsricha, and you need to tell me both uh, goyim and uh, slaves. The because if you would only told me that you're not allowed to use a slave as a witness, because Mishum because he doesn't have any lineage, meaning he doesn't go after his father. He doesn't have a father. but a goy, he does have family, meaning he does have a father. According to our laws, maybe he should not be pasul uh, Maybe he should be able to testify. If you had only told me uh, the goy, I would have said mishum de lo be mitzvot because he doesn't. He's not obligated to do any mitzvot. Maybe an Ayved, he's obligated to mitzvot like a woman. Maybe he's not pasul Maybe he could be able to testify. That's why. I need the Mishnah to say Alpiyadim is talking about Bene Horim and Bene Berit. It has to be free men and Jewish men. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen. Ve Amen.